Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back. Welcome back to Fanboys and a Filthy Casual back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. We have a jam-packed episode today of really filled to the brim. And normally this is where I'm going to try to do some clever pun, but I think um, I'm going to go to the least clever pun that we have and go with Lewis with what we're starting out with. Damn it. <laughs> I could be funny too, but not tonight. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, well, it's it's that great part of the, se- the, the year where like trailers are starting to come out, uh, you know, lots of uh, stuff that we can look forward to for the rest of the calendar year, you know, uh, the anticipation starting to come up. Uh, not to mention, yeah, like, uh, you know, we are going to wrap up one, uh, you know, we, I know we've been doing a lot of reviews these last few episodes, but, you know, December, uh, for all, you know, intensive purposes, had a lot of good content for us to go over. So, yeah, today we're going to be going uh, Cobra Kai later on. Um, the, uh, and But, yeah, before that, you know, a couple of pretty good trailers came out. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Um, you know, let's go over something that I think all three of us actually enjoy the thoroughly or actually pleasantly surprised. Um, Disney Plus released their first look at uh, Mighty Ducks, uh, the series. So, what did you guys think of this news? Uh, yeah, this trailer. Well, before Harold starts poo pooing the uh, the trailer, just like he does <laughs> with everything that is good with in life. Everything else. <laughs> he's like the reverse Kevin Smith, dude. <laughs> he's he's the Mark Bernard of, of our uh, of our podcast, dude. It's like I just crap all over everything. Yeah, I, I, I cry over like these some things. kind of German Scheiße video. <laughs> hey, 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 don't. Oh wait, never mind. I was gonna defend German Scheiße, but um, no, we that is uh, undefendable. No way to defend it. <laughs> um, well, I'll start. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised and i remember when we were talking about the um i remember when we were talking about the 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 upcoming titles that disney plus had and uh, i think it was lewis that was like running through um all the episodes a couple of weeks ago i was one of the people that was kind of like poo-pooing and saying nope not gonna like it um even if it comes out i'm i'm definitely gonna hate it but you can't not smile when you see Gordon Bombay, um, like you know, come, uh, coming out of the, the um, you know, and being the new Hans, basically, at least from from what it looks like. And so, um, you know, Gordon Bombay and seeing him um, uh, was a, a real, real uh, a cool sight. Um, the fact that they have a twist where now it looks like the the ducks of uh, Minnesota seem to be the 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 you know the D holes right now and um and so, <laughs> see what i did there and um you know i i think it's like uh, i think it was lewis might have been lewis who said but it or maybe somebody else um uh, as smart as lewis that i was listening to um said that it, it's like the new cobra kai where you have the uh the, you know cobra kai when we're going to be talking about it pretty soon um it was a twist of who the bad guy and the good guy is and here we have the, the good guys are now the bad guys and now gordon bombay is here to save the day um one thing that i am really concerned about as i talked to you guys about in the chat is that um is it a reboot is it a remake is it a sequel and i don't know if i want if i like any of those answers 
at all because if it's a reboot then that means um you know um everything that we loved before like you know the um uh, uh goldberg and the um and uh, the, the, I forgot the the shot that um, the guy from Los Angeles had. Um, Russ Taylor is it Russ Taylor? Russ Taylor yeah, shot. Russ. Yeah, but uh, you know, um, all those things that we loved would be gone if it is a reboot or a remake. But then, if it is a sequel, that means Gordon Bombay messed up his life once again, dude. <laughs> so either way. I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. The, the one cool thing, though, it's not a movie. Um, that's what surprised me, that it is actually a series. So we have an opportunity to kind of like, you know, marinate in the uh, the, the, the presence of Gordon, uh, Gordon Bombay, kind of like a fine Indian, you know, um, uh, uh, spice. He's kind of sitting there for a bit. Um, you know, I, I totally agree. Uh, I was honestly like I was not too hype for the show when you know disney had their investor day last year and they were showing off all just like literally just a place holding um you know title cards for all these shows but yeah seeing you know yeah you're right seeing emilia estevez uh coming out of the zamboni and you know talking about the ducks like wow this looks actually like you know pretty good you know surprisingly well made so i mean what do i know so the, the trailer was only a minute and a half um you know it, it will be interesting to how they pull this off um, I think in the last few years we've had we've been pretty like you know pop has been really lucky or at least you know thankfully these sequels have been in good hands not uh, Cobra Kai not to mention you know the Creed series where you know they are sequels but they kind of more or less like uh, kind of pick and choose or cherry pick the best parts of the originals and kind of make it a, a a good part of what the actual story is being told. So th- that being said, um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to where, uh, you know, uh, God, I can't remember her name, Gilmore Girl's mom, uh, you know, where she Lauren takes- Graham. Oh, Thank crap. You. It is the Gilmore Girl's uh, mom. <laughs> exactly. right. Why did I not so- catch that? <laughs> oh, the, 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 Gil- the one Gilmore Girl stand in the in the in the podcast uh, this year. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of funny because, um, you know, we uh, myself, I watched a little show on the side called uh, Zoe's Infinite Playlist, where she was like a pretty major character in the first season. And it's hilarious because in, in this first episode of the second season, she literally just disappears in the first season saying, I'm taking a promotion in South America. It's literally it's the, it's a freaking. Um, oh, God. What's that dog's name from 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 The Simpsons? Um, Poochie? Yes. Thank you. Wow, Harold, you're like two for two, dude. He pooch, she poochied out of the show, literally. Like, I, you know, my native country needs me now. And then next thing you know, like, oh, she's on a Disney Plus show. That's why she disappeared. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do this and how she takes this character. Um, yeah, another well-made looking, another well-made looking show. Uh, on a personal note, I, I've vented to the dudes already on the chat how uh, I'm kind of excited to see. I don't know how far they'll take it, but you know, youth sports, AAU, like all those club teams, youth club teams. You know, my son is has been in club basketball for the last few years, and to be honest, it's it's like a it's 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 a good and bad. You know, it's great that kids have an avenue to actually uh, compete and learn a lot of the skills and all that stuff, but. As a parent, you see a lot of like red flags. So I would love to see or I'd love to know how Disney kind of makes this, you know, I don't know if they're even going to make it a, a point or anything like that. But, you know, that, that's just me, uh, you know, writing my own fan, fan fiction about uh, or, or putting my uh, expectations on a, on a different property. But 
uh, nonetheless, really impressive looking trailer. Looking forward to seeing what they do in a few months. Lewis, do I need to be worried about my godson? Because uh, if you're seeing red flags in the uh, in, in that the organization, I need to take him out. I know. I'm like, wait, uh, are we the Mighty Ducks or are we the, the, the small team? I don't know anymore. <laughs> but I'm, 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 yeah, it's it's rough, dude. But, um, uh, H, yeah. Is it Gordon Bombay or is it Gordon Bomb Eight? Because. Uh, <laughs> Emilio's looking kind of rough. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. He, he was like, he, the, the producers are like, okay, we need a new Hans. Okay, here we go. Gordon Bombay. Hans looked better. <laughs> Hans looked in better shape than Emilio Estevez did. Oh, well, no. it, it was because he eventually died. So, so Emilio Estevez is going to die. Oh, oh. I mean, I mean Spoil- like, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. He doesn't make it past season one and he gets replaced by his brother, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Who looks and, better? Is that what you said? Nobody knows the difference. Char- Charlie Sheen. It's sad. It's sad that literally the same week that they, not sad, but it's like kind of coincidental that the same week that they posted uh, this trailer is the same week that they had the, the uh, have you seen the update on how Goldberg looks nowadays? Yeah. Oh, no. No, I have not. No, no. He, he looks wrong. a lot better. Yeah. Oh, good. No, no, okay, looks, good. Yeah, remember he he uh, there was a, a a year or so back where he looked yeah terrible, dude. Yeah, like, he had unfortunately like a drug problem and everything, right? Yeah, yeah he's a um, he was a meth addict, so he had no teeth Yikes. and he was he lost like a lot of weight. So Goldberg, he didn't even look like the same. yeah. <laughs> Hands on your face. Put the crap pipe down. <laughs> Stop smoking that meth, Goldberg. <laughs> Um, at so, least we know how he kicked it. Um, Emilio Estevez put him on a uh, put him a goalpost and left him there. Yeah, he, <laughs> so he couldn't reach a crack pipe post. anymore. <laughs> it's like, it was just out of reach. Of <laughs> exactly. um, if there's anybody here listening to this who has uh, ever been addicted or trying to kick it, uh, we're not making fun of you. <laughs> it was a, a great bit. movie. We, we love the movie. That's all I said. Yeah. And we're and we're happy for how Goldberg is now because that 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 really made me like to see him back to almost normal shape like yeah. normal how he looked it was pretty uh, uh well fantastic. better than what so, he looked like <laughs> exactly but I mean even then it's just like just the fact that he's still alive and he, you know yeah. they, they're trying to get him back into acting and everything so hopefully they give him a chance somewhere down the line on the show um, dude and then. I'm so I'm so down for that episode where Goldberg comes in, uh, assistant Goldberg, dude. There it is. I mean, they can't have Russ come in because he has his own TV show now. That's true. It's it, it's like all over the like it, excuse me, all over the like the football um, commercials. Anytime it, there's football on like NBC, they'd be like the new Keenan show. I'm like, they didn't even even clever enough to not name it Keenan, but whatever. So good for Keenan. Um, it does. I, I I like that they do, um, you know, reference obviously the past because uh, Mighty Ducks doesn't exist without um, anything that happened previously. Right. Uh, but it it'd be fun if you know, unlike all the other shows that keep depending on so much nostalgia, that they just keep it to like the bare minimum, like Gordon Bombay. Maybe once in a while, Charlie would come off of Dawson's Creek. Um, and I think that's about like <laughs> because you know he's been working a lot. Yeah, he, he was in Fringe. Mm-hmm. 
has he done anything in the last 10 years Harold? yeah yeah was in fringe oh, yeah. for, for our audience harold was not frozen <laughs> no i was literally like trying to figure out what else he's doing i'm sorry joshua jackson <laughs> I know. Uh, but but like everything else like lauren graham it, it's great that she's gonna you know uh keep consistent roles in this uh, you guys call her the girl from Gilmore Girls. I will always refer to her as the bartender from Bad Santa because ah. what a great, what a great movie. <laughs> I mean, we don't talk about it enough, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. it. Really? Yeah. Never watched it. Uh, yeah. You'd have to wait until your daughter's out of the house to watch that movie. There you go. Not, not just or if you watch it or if you just watch it in the man cave over there, I think it'll be better. Uh, but, yeah, it looks good. I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope that they keep the same kind of temperament that they had with the original series where it's lighthearted, it's family, but at the same time, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of dramatic pauses once in a while. Um, and then, yeah. I I, I I agree, H. Like, um, I, that's one thing I really love about, well, actually, I was going to say, because it's not as, it's not too dark, but Cobra Kai can get pretty dark. But um, the one thing I do like is that I'm hoping that it's going to be a show where I can actually bring my daughter and have my daughter watch it without any fear of like, you know, having to do, having to worry about it. Because I I let her watch uh, The Mighty Ducks. She loved, um, you know, those uh, those two movies. I haven't shown her the third one yet, so we'll, we'll see what happens. That's a good point, actually. Then I, I know we're gonna we're gonna get into it in a, a little bit, but yeah, Cobra Kai is actually kind of teetering that line, that fine line, because you know, not not that my you know, not that public school is a bad place to be, but it's nothing he hasn't heard before, the cursing and the language. But you're right, like there's some times where I'd like to watch, I would love to watch a a show, you know, that that you know, kind of deals with it in a nice way, and I, and I don't mean like you know, I don't want to watch any Disney Channel, you know. Uh, two sugar and 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 and, and you know cotton candy kind of thing. So hopefully my ducks will meet that need. And yeah, there's the nostalgia for us, you know, parents who who grew up on the original series, uh, raising kids who hopefully will enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, when it comes out. And I and believe so, we, I believe we have a second second trailer today. Lou, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So another trailer that just came out this week that you know got uh, Harold and I at least uh, super hyped is uh, the first look for Kong versus Godzilla, one of the big movies that was supposed to come out last year, you know, and on this year, you know, it's it's on one of the, um, or it's on that uh, pretty not controversial, but I guess, you know, the new formula of HBO Max and in theater, you know, same day release, um, you know, Kong versus Godzilla, the big uh, release that's coming out in March. So yeah, uh, I guess I'd love to go first because uh, yeah, not gonna front. I love the trailer. I had to. I told you guys, I watched it when Harold shared it. Um, I watched it a few times on my phone, and then I then you know cast it onto my my, the, my big TV just to see it in all its uh, glory, and it honestly got me hyped. So I'm very excited to see it. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's. I know the new MonsterVerse or whatever they want to call it, that Legend and uh, the WB are trying to put together is. It's, it's an acquired taste. Not everybody loves all the Godzilla King Kong movies so far, but, you know, call me, you know, I, I, I've, I've obviously drank the Kool-Aid. I'm all in on this stupid franchise and, you know, give me two gigantic monsters ruining things and, you know, the stupid humans that, that try to control them. 
Um, I, I, I guess what you and I, the, the three of us need to have a, a conversation about this. I, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I honestly don't get the, the I, I've, I've been watching. I even watched the newest Godzilla one. But it's the same, you know, it's the same thing where you have, it's almost like Jaws, but no Jaws, but you know what's coming up, that eventually it's going to be, oh, Godzilla, Godzilla. Yes, that was very racist, I know. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's always like, oh, you know, we've seen sightings of Godzilla. Oh, we're tracking Godzilla. Oh, no, something bad's going to happen. Oh, you know, but Godzilla is a, is a force of nature. Quick, we need Godzilla. And then all of a sudden he's going to be here. So, it, it's like I'm hoping that it's going to be a little bit more. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more like Pacific Rim, where I get to see the 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 two robots or you know the two um, the the two things fighting, and it's not going to be like later on where um, where I have to sit down there and find out the backstory of the little girl that's going to be able to control King Kong and explain why King Kong becomes you know four times as big as uh, what we saw in before, um, and all of a sudden they'll have to fight for reasons. So I don't know. Don't get me reasons? wrong. I'm going to watch it because it's still going to be two as you said two big colossal monsters fighting each other but um i'm not as hyped as you are uh, see that's i know this is a difference of opinion obviously because of where my background is on these monster movies is because uh, you guys were not in this country yet when this was a regular thing um but every saturday uh there used to be a godzilla movie on ktla so like literally every saturday afternoon you have your lunch and there would just be, you know, a dude in a crappy puppet suit, a uh, <laughs> lizard suit, uh, destroying things. And you'd be hyped about that. And it's funny because I never, like, as a child, you don't really pay attention to storyline anyways. You just wait for the big fights to happen. And that's kind of why I've always been, you know, uh, 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 enthusiastic about these kind of movies is because I really don't care about the storyline. Like, the storyline in Godzilla King of the Monsters is pretty good. Um, but I could really care less because of the fact that Godzilla got to destroy like every other monster. And then you had uh, Ice Cube Jr. getting chased by Rodan, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> because, you know, it's, <laughs> it's little ice cubes. Um, and the fact that in this trailer alone, they show them fighting. Like, I didn't think that in a trailer called, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, that they were actually going to show them actually fighting. Like, you know, in Batman versus Superman, they never showed them interacting at all. Yep. Like, you're right. Like that was kind of the, the mysterious thing on why, oh, why are they going to fight? Um, and then when you found the reason they're fighting, you're like, yeah, just keep fighting. No one cares anymore. That's this, except you don't care about the reason anymore. You're literally just like, I want to, I saw Kong punch Godzilla in the face and, uh, he did a Superman punch like he's George St. Pierre over there. And I would love to see more of giant monkeys or giant gorillas punching giant lizards in the face. Because as a child, I've seen uh, Kong versus Godzilla, which is which different. King Kong versus Godzilla is a crappy 70s version that was made in Japan. And Godzilla versus Kong is this brand new thing. So, like, um, I would... I'd... You know how you, like, when you watch movies as a kid, sometimes you pretend you're those characters. Um, one time, you guys uh, know my cousin. It. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> we, you guys know my cousin is only a couple days older than me. So obviously I spent a lot of time with him. 
And uh, he decided one day that he was going to be Godzilla. So I decided I was going to be King Kong. And uh, instead of King Kong doing the beating his own chest thing, I thought it'd be hilarious if I beat his chest. So my cousin has hated me ever since then because I beat the crap out of him while I was pretending I was King Kong. So it's like, you know, one of those things that, like, as soon as the trailer came out, he was the first person I texted. And then he is worse than I am because we love the, like, Russ loves the Pacific Rim. Like, he loved the original Pacific Rim. He works at IMAX. Obviously, he's going to be the bastard that gets to watch this thing in IMAX because he does quality control over there. And then he was like, hey, man, I'm on the Reddit page. And there's all these crazy things. And I was like, I knew it. I knew you were going to do this to me, bro. And he's like, I know you're going to be interested. And I'm not going to say any of the spoilers. That not, they're not really spoilers, but they are just, you know, those people that uh, break down every little Easter egg or every little thing that they see in the, the trailers. And after seeing him post those things, I had to rewatch the trailer. And I was like, you're never going to catch it on the first uh, viewing. So <clears throat> what we get is pretty cool. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So okay. if the whole movie, I, that's the thing is I know it's going to be a lot of exposition and a lot of humans talking, but as long as they get to beat the crap out of each other, I could really care less. Yeah. I hope, uh, ho- hopefully they kind of learned their lesson from the first. I mean, so there's only been three movies in this Kaiju monster verse, you know, uh, I think they kind of learned their lesson from the first Godzilla movie where Godzilla was unfortunately only in there for like, eight minutes and they hit they did this whole silly like teasing how big he is for like three quarters of the movie you know I, I think between kong skull island and you know king of the monsters they went all in and said you know people are here yes they need the human uh, the human element to like pad the thing but yeah you're right h like people are here to watch monsters fight so let's get it on let's go from there um, so speaking of getting it on, uh, you know, well, one of the last things we want to talk about for our poopery section here is, um, so recently there was a big UFC fight that I believe Harold actually got to see. So H, I, I think you got some hot takes or at least a take on uh, on the UFC uh, fight. So uh, what do you think, dude? Uh, actually, you know what? The event was pretty good. Um, I have not been a fan of the fact that uh, UFC keeps holding these events when it's, you know, really dangerous because people have been dropping out of these things left and right because everybody gets infected. Um, but for the show that it was, it was great. They do it on their privately purchased island in Abu Dhabi. That's insane. That Dana White has uh, dubbed Fight Island because he has watched too many Mortal Kombat movies. <laughs> um, but so the, there's just two things I want to talk about. First of all is um, there was this guy that used to fight for another organization named Michael Chandler. He was one of the biggest guys at another organization called Bellator. And they just they signed him to the UFC last year. And everybody was like, yeah, he's good, but he's not UFC good. So we're not going to give him anybody like worthwhile to fight. Um, and then out of nowhere, they were like, you know what? Let's let him fight a top five ranked fighter. And Michael Chandler is a small, like small guy with no reach but lots of power and he knocked the dude out with one punch and it was hilarious just because everyone was like, Oh, he's not going to win. And he literally kills a man in his first fight. So (laughs) congratulations to Michael Chandler. So this is the other thing is this whole event was built upon the only superstar that uh, the UFC has ever created. And that is Conor McGregor who, uh, you know, people know him, people who aren't even fans of the sport know who Mm -hmm. this guy is. 
and uh, he hadn't fought since last year. And obviously, a lot of, not a lot of people have fought since last year because, you know, same thing. And his whole thing is he just talks a lot of trash, but he backs it up because he's a right. good fighter. And apparently, the layoff did not do him any good favors because he did good in the first round, and then he got the crap kicked out of him in the second round. And it was glorious, mainly because the guy who beat him uh, had been knocked out by Connor like five years ago. So it was like a, a good revenge fight for him to, you know, finally get that win back. And the fact that Connor didn't seem ready for the easiest thing, which is leg kicks. Because if you kick a guy in the leg, he can't, you know, it's the whole uh, quicksilver technique man can't stand, a man can't fight, you know? Mm. And uh, Dustin Poirier remembered that and he just kept on kicking his leg. And when he couldn't stand anymore, he punched him in the face. So <laughs> it turns out it, it was. Works. Turns out like, the Quicksilver technique super effective. I like how you simplified what months of training. <laughs> yeah, into just man can't stand, can't fight, kick and him it was legs. kick kick him in the leg because he stands on his. <laughs> he puts a lot of weight face. on his front leg. Yeah, and uh, so here's the thing that always makes me laugh is the dude that beat him is named Dustin Poirier. Uh, Dustin's nickname is the Diamond. So his name is Dustin, Dustin Diamond, Diamond Poirier. <laughs> he picked his nickname after Screech. <laughs> okay, I was going for the other DDP, but <laughs> okay, no, no. Ooh, nice one, Dennis. <laughs> that is true, but because of the fact his name is now Dustin Diamond, <laughs> he is Screech. Wow. <laughs> And yeah. prayers to Screech. I know. Well, yeah. you know, oh, also, yeah. Big ups to Screech. Hope you get through this cancer. Well, uh, Harold, oh. it's funny that you're saying that you're saying that uh, you know the, the, it's the simplest thing. Um, I was actually reading up on the fight, and they were like talking about uh, you know some of the reporters were like, "How come you could? How come you weren't prepared for it? How come you you know knowing that that was that's one of his strengths? Um, how come you didn't practice for it?" And they were like, "Oh well, we did." But I guess during their practices, um, uh, Conor McGregor was using like pads, uh, like knee pads. Yeah. And so he, like, he didn't realize just how bad they were going to be. And so when he finally first uh, finally experienced like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like um, you could it. It's just funny because you could tell by the when the first time he got kicked in the leg, he was like, oh, no. <laughs> and, the whole, and like the whole commentary was like, well, they figured out his weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the, the the leg. Look, all yeah. I'm saying is, if a uh, if um if a Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme movie um, actually focused on you know how to um, train your legs, um, I'm pretty sure Conor McGregor is going to be ready for the, uh, the third fight. True. He just you needs to find a palm tree in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. And just <laughs> kick it until you're able to, cra to, uh, to crack it in two. Exactly. Uh, H, you're the, you're the dude bro of the podcast. Uh, do you, Thanks, man. And any, any, any chance of like, so obviously, you know, McGregor, 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 uh, claim to fame, or at least, you know, a quick, a quick, you know, rocket up to fame was his fight against, uh, you know, Pencil neck dude, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, in boxing, do you think, yeah. What? Oh, you're talking about Floyd Mayweather? Yes. So, do you think all that time focusing on boxing kind of took away from his uh, from his UFC work, or 
No, really. I think it's just the fact that he he was hasn't been interested in fighting in a while because he oh, made okay. so much money in that in that Mayweather fight. He made like a hundred million dollars, and then you know UFC fighters don't make that kind of money. They make like three million dollars a fight, so you got to fight like you know, you know how many amount of times just to get that money, and and he got it in one one night, and everyone was like. Once you see that money for one fight, you don't want, and it's in a different sport, you don't want to really put 100% back into the other one. Like his first fight back, he fought Khabib Nurmagomedov, and he got the crap kicked out of him there. And then he got one lucky fight last week or last year, and everyone was like, oh, he's back. And then I was like, eh. you, you picked a guy who is, uh, goes into his strengths where he's literally going to fight you with his chin forward, so you're going to knock him out. So, you know. It's all about matchups. They, these guys matched up well. Like I said, McGregor was winning the first round. He was getting good shots in. It's just, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to knock him out because that's what he was planning on. Is like, you know, it's that old strategy. It's like if you, like in The Great White Hype, remember that movie with uh, Damon Wayans? I'm going to say no. Cause it's- oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm nodding my head, but I forgot we were on a audio podcast. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like in that movie, they, the only, they only gave Peter Berg all he needed to do was just land the one shot so he had a chance. But when he lands the one shot, like Damon Wins is like, oh, okay, that hurt, but I'm back. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> like it's literally that where it's like he took the big shot and he didn't fall and it was like, I don't know where else I can go from here, but uh, people are more obviously uh, experienced in analyzing mar- mixed martial arts. I'm just a fan of fighting and uh, combat sports in general. So having to watch that and having to see uh, is a pretty, it's just a good card in general. Lots of people either submitting or getting knocked out. So good times all around. Not too many nice, decisions. Which is, I um, next question, I guess, dude, is I, I brought it up in the chat and maybe for our listeners too, they can kind of, you know, hear your opinion on it. So ESPN Plus had a lot of issues, I guess, at night, at least on Twitter. A yeah. lot of people were complaining about how that stream was not working out. So h- how was the experience for you or, you know, what, what did you hear on, on, on that on that, on that that side of things? Um, the, so from what I heard is people were trying to so what it is now is you buy the pay-per-view off the <clears throat> off the app okay so you have to have the app onto your tv or whatever or like if you have it on your phone so you can cast it but people were having issues just getting to the loading screen so they were just stuck so a lot of people were not able to watch the first couple of fights actually so um, my stream, <laughs> uh, luckily, didn't have that issue. I was able to watch it from the beginning. I'm sure it was a perfectly legal stream, too. It actually was. Okay. <laughs> for, yeah, I, I pay for things once in a while because of the stimulus check. But um, mine was fine. I just ordered it on TV. So, uh, yeah, my ESPN Plus works fine. Thank you, Disney, for that one. And, uh, but I was trying to explain to Lewis it, it with pay-per-views for fighting in general nowadays, it, they don't have the WWE network uh, model where if you have the app or if you have the service, you automatically get pay-per-views for free. You use, that's a separate charge. So it's, you're paying $10 a month for ESPN plus, but you have to pay $65 for an HD version of a UFC fight. That's which crazy. is so much. And it's I like, don't know. Yeah. it makes you, yeah, it makes you question if everything is ever worth it, but 
you know, if you uh, complain about $10 a month for WWE Network, you have no right to even bother trying to get the ESPN Plus stuff. So gotcha. Yeah, so make, make, definitely makes you appreciate WWE's um, format better. Um, last question, H. Um, you know, again, you know, uh, McGregor's uh, one of the biggest names the UFC's ever created, like you said. So one of the few things that, cu- that came out after the fight is, I don't know what to think of him, but Jake Paul, social media influencer, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm bad now, so I think he's a colossal D-bag, you know, is calling him out. But I, I guess dude knows how to play to the press and to the media because he's getting some good rounds, you know, on Instagram and on Twitter and all that stuff. You know, he's getting free press calling out McGregor for a fight. And this is the guy who knocked out uh, uh, David Robinson. Uh <laughs> Um, oh, good guy. What's this guy's name? The yes, he knocked out David Robinson. Yeah. Nate. Nate Robinson, yeah. Nobody's going to knock out David Robinson. I think David Robinson's like 50 now. I'm pretty sure he can still fight, dude. Um, but yeah, Nate knocked out yeah, Nate Robinson on, on pay-per-view just a few weeks ago. So what do you think about that, dude? Uh, he, Jake Paul is actually fighting uh, Ben Askren. Oh, okay. So, uh, ben, oh. ben Askren, a former uh, UFC fighter as well. So, But they're doing boxing because... Uh, a couple of years back, YouTube boxing was big, and apparently these guys all just want to get in on the money. And promoters really don't care about quality of fights anymore; they just want to get as many eyes onto the product as possible. What? So, yeah, good for them if they're gonna make money that way. Uh, you know, that's great. I'm not ever gonna support any of that stuff because I appreciate good fight, good like good quality fighting. So, yeah. It, yeah. it, but for like people like people of your kids' generation who are like if they're followers of those guys on YouTube or social media influencers, they're gonna they might be interested. So they might watch it on TikTok or something. That's gonna be weird. <laughs> so like yeah, tw- uh, preteens and teenagers are gonna be watching uh, a pay per view fight on a li- on a little five inch TV or a uh, cell phone. Wow. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. This Logan Paul dude or Paul whatever his name is. Yeah, it seems like a colossal D bag. So, I don't know. hey, a, a colossal D bag with a lot of money, bro. So, that's, I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny that Harold brought up, like, yeah, these promoters are only caring about the name and the promotion. It's like, what? That's not what I learned from Rocky. Wait, that's exactly what I learned from Rocky. That's the only reason he got a fight. <laughs> uh, that is the whole point of Rocky One and Rocky Five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, we'll get this kid who's named Italian Stallion. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's take a a good one eighty from you know real fighting to well fake fighting, I guess. I don't know. You just mentioned the Italian stallion. There's a, I guess there's a, a second Italian stallion we're going to talk about today. Oh my gosh, you're right. Was he Italian? Anyway, well he's from Jersey, so we'll see. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's canon. So yeah, uh, as His we last name to is Larusso. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's Spanish for the Russo, dude. <laughs> El Gato. Yeah, he actually directed uh, uh, Infinity War. <laughs> Is he one Just of one of them. <laughs> yeah. Just the first half. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Um, so, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we will be reviewing season three of Cobra Kai. Uh, you know, this season, uh, the third season dropped on Netflix. It's new home uh, after taking, uh, you know, I guess after debuting on youtube years ago when the three of us you know uh, i'm I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back here thought this you know the excuse me cobra kai was one of the better shows to come out of the fledgling youtube you know original series 
and yeah, now it find a home on Netflix, which thankfully, you know, I, I guess it comes with their grasp with more people who are subscribed to Netflix, more people were aware and were able to enjoy Cobra Kai. So yeah, season three dropped this last December. We all were able to consume it over the Christmas break and uh, throughout January, I think. So uh, let's get into it. Um, I guess, do we want to just go around the room and talk about our initial thoughts of the series and then we'll get into the nitty gritty? Sure. Um, so are you talking about series in general? Or the series is in the um, the 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 third the, the third season. I think let's let's go into season three because I okay. think you know we we were good enough that we had or not good enough, but we ha- I know we did review the first two seasons. So if anything, for our listeners, what I'll do is I'll, maybe I'll link the you know the the previous uh, reviews to those in case you're interested to see how we thought about those first two seasons. But yeah, let's go. Let's just th- talk about season three. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, before we do, um, I'd like to point out how, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call ourselves pioneers, but um, <laughs> like now it's like if you listen to like other podcast um, shows, it, it's so easy for them to talk about Cobra Kai and, and how amazing it is. Like, I remember when we were joking around about it, how th- there's only like a handful of people yeah, that watched dude. it because it was on YouTube Red. I was about to say Red Tube again. Um, it, it, was, <laughs> it was on YouTube Red. And I, I still remember when we the, the, that episode where we were kind of joking around like oh how are we going to be able to find it but um, you know look at where it is now and um, I have to tell you it um, it wasn't the strongest um, season for me um, I, I think it was an uneven season for me but definitely there were this season really had a lot of high points um, great moments that um, that I'm going to remember but um it was uh, th- th- there were some episodes there that I felt um, it, it was almost like filler episodes where it, it mm-hmm. was it was things that um, it, it was things that got rehashed. Um, it, it, it's it's almost like I wish that um, the the second season um, the way they ended the second season was kind of like the first half of the season. And this was like the latter half of it. And uh, in that case, they would have been able to take a couple of episodes out, but definitely um, some, uh, I mean, I know we're going to get into details later on, but the, uh, <coughs> the, 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 the whole quote unquote Japan uh, or Okinawa um, um, uh, episodes. I, I really liked, um, I really liked that episode. Um, I liked being able to see Ali um, and, and not make it into a, uh, just like a gratuitous, like, oh, you know, I'm pining for this girl type thing. It actually made her character more human and it actually helped um, Daniel and, um, and, and um, oh crap, um, I'm, I'm forgetting his Connie. name. Uh, what? Connie. You say Connie? <laughs> Johnny. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> okay, yeah, Johnny, and and made uh, uh, Daniel's and jo- uh, Johnny's uh, characters um, even better. So I I thought that they were able to do it, but um, like, like I said, uh, there were moments that I really really enjoyed. But overall, I wouldn't call it their 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 best season. Um, how about you guys? Um, for me, actually. It was a good. I thought it was a good season, but the thing that I really appreciated was it was super bingeable. Like, um, obviously, compared to how we, how at least for us three, were able to view the first two episodes, where Red Tube. Damn it! I did it again. YouTube Red 
would only do how you know Disney Plus is releasing episodes weekly, like regular te- uh, network television show. Um, so we'd have to wait, and we wouldn't, you know, we, you know, you'd have to sometimes rewatch to see uh, if you miss anything in the previous episode. Whereas this one, it's literally like you don't have time to go back and watch it. You're just literally just like, Bow. and there's so many, there's so there's only like ten episodes. So like for me at least, it released on New Year's Day. I finished it by New Year's afternoon. It was eight. I was able to finish the whole thing, and like no joke, starting at eight o'clock in the morning and going powering all the way through, and easy watch, uh, especially when you you know you have an investment in all the characters uh, like we did for the first two seasons. And my issue more was uh, I I love the Johnny Lawrence character so much in this series that I really do wish that they focused more on him than anybody else. Like that whole, like him uh, retraining Miguel was fantastic. Him having to do those douchey Instagram photos to mimic Ali's photos was probably the highlight of the whole season. And that whole episode in general where it's like, you know, realize both of them realizing that they're not so dissimilar. You know, how if, if we never take into account anything that's happened past the first three karate kids we would always remember that for the most part johnny lawrence was the worst bad guy in the world and uh daniel larusso was the biggest hero but now when you get to see both sides of everything and i know we both siding things but like having to see their uh perspectives as just you know them being kids them being teenagers that we really forget um and hearing it from a neutral party the person who was in the middle of all these things and that was kind of something that we've all been waiting for ever since that they said um, that they're doing, you know, a remaking Karate Kid. And it's like, what was the, t- the biggest issue between the two of these guys originally? And it was Allie. So it's mm-hmm. like finally finally seeing her, seeing how she's doing in the present. Uh, I think that, and like Dennis said, the Okinawan episode, which is uh, a little too uh, deus ex machina at the end of that episode. <laughs> or, you know that for me was like ah oh, come on which was great it's great to you know to look back and be like oh i forgot about this minor character but apparently was you know the biggest thing that ever happened to her because you know daniel saved her life uh but <laughs> really she had to be the one person in charge of daiko kia or whatever the name of the company was <laughs> it's that diota <laughs> Not to be confused with Toyota. <laughs> it's not a Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> or a Datsun. <laughs> but a Daytona. I know. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was an interesting little spot. But um, yeah, so uh, to echo what you guys, I, I thought, it, yeah, it was definitely different how, like, super bingeable this was. Obviously, the Netflix model kind of helped in this case. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but when it was on YouTube, you know, they did do the whole weekly drop kind of thing because... I guess in that case, it made more sense for them since, yeah, YouTube back then, I mean, they still don't. They didn't have a lot of uh, original material that, pe- that people would, you know, uh, would come back to weekly. Uh, so, but, you know, for, for, for Netflix Netflix's case, excuse me, um, you know, it, it's obviously their model. That's what, they're, that's what they're known for and that's what they're sticking to no matter who or, or what the property is, uh, apparently. So I, I dig that it really did make the new year flow by a lot quicker because i think it's released uh the weekend after new year's if, if i'm not mistaken no, it was released uh, on new year's day 
Oh yeah, New Year's Day. Thank you very much. So yeah, so you know, it gave a lot of people. You know, thankfully, not thankfully, but uh, you know, if people li- uh, listened uh, to what they were supposed to do and stayed home anyway, this is a good opportunity, or at least a good show for everybody to binge watch over the uh, the long weekend and not feel too bad about themselves. So yeah, uh, I really liked it too. I thought uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, fleshing out of characters. Uh, maybe we can talk about that in a bit now, actually. So uh, I want to ask you guys one of the so, yeah, uh, uh, I'm not going to dwell into it too much. But yeah, the, the Okinawa Toyota subplot, I, I have a question mark next to that. Like, I don't know how necessary it was besides making it, you know, besides uh, uh, reuniting John, uh, Daniel and, you know, all, all, all the people that he met over in Okinawa back then in Predicate 2. Uh, but oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. We didn't say anything. Oh, my bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, I might be having a stroke. I'm kidding. Um, so I want to ask Jesus, you guys. What, <laughs> sorry. Lift, lift your <laughs> lift both arms up. Lift both arms up. My left side's fine. My left side's uh, fine. <laughs> maybe we don't joke about that, Lou. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. If I if I'm in the joke, I, I'm in on the joke. I'm okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, he's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The room where it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, let, let's get into the kind of the little plot points and the nitty gritty of the show, and let me ask you guys what you guys thought about the different parts of it. Um, you know, one of the big plots that I kind of want to ta- ask you guys what you thought about was John Kreese's backstory. So I was honestly surprised that they included this in you know in, in the show. Um, I am not one of those guys who go through all the you know uh, variety articles or whatever entertainment. So I don't know. I had no idea who was cast and who was, what was you know any rumors or anything about the the plot lines. But I was honestly kind of surprised that they added John Kreese's backstory that he was a more or less you know he's a scarred uh, PTSD uh, afflicted Vietnam vet. Uh, we also, we, uh, you know, obviously we knew between the movies and the Karate Kid season two that, you know, he, de- he did obviously have a military background, but obviously this one took, you know, at least an episode, an episode and a half to realize, you know, uh, Johnny came or Johnny, I'm sorry, John came from a messed up background. Uh, they implied that he had to take care of his mom and he had a, a girlfriend who died untimely and his, you know, his commanding officer in Vietnam was, a, you know, a b-hole i think that's what dennis called him um you know we're gonna use that for this episode so he was a, a an enormous d-hole uh to crease and an you know, enormous d-hole <laughs> not just a small d-hole like, a, like in that sounds like Ducks. a problem dude <laughs> my, my one have to die, you must be out. you must be dehydrated dehydrated if that's the case dude <laughs> <laughs> you may want to sit well, on he a, was in a, a jungle nice with or something. food too <laughs> So yeah, what did you guys think about them adding John Kreese's backstory into season three? Um, I'll start. I I don't know if I wanted. I, I honestly didn't know if I wanted it. Um, and at the same time, in the end, I don't know if it was necessary because, like, were they trying to humanize John Kreese? Right. And then in the end, I don't think it did. You you, you know because like I I. I uh, I I get it. He's he's this uh, Vietnam uh, Vietnam War vet who who with P, as you said with PTSD. So he's dealing with things. Um, but like, were we supposed to? Or, or, the, the fact that he was a good guy that allowed somebody to treat him to the point where he became a bad person and in turn he started doing that to his kids i think it made him even worse <laughs> but the, the, the my my thing is 
I already like the fact that John Kreese was just this. He was a bad guy. He was the boogeyman, you know, mm. like um, he, he was already uh, that scary. So I don't, again, necessary, not quite sure. Did it improve the character? I, I, I'm still on the fence on that one. Um, and so I, I, at least for me, those were, the, those were some of the moments that were kind of like forgettable. I mean, it was cool to like the, the, the moment where you, where um, you kind of like in, in the diner, in the diner scene, like the first or second episode where, you know, um, you, you think that this, that this D hole is the, um, who's treating like uh, like everybody badly and who's treating the um the the waiter like really badly you know oh that's that's crease that's yeah that, that's who he's supposed to be but then that turnaround uh, that turns out he's the quiet likable guy you know like that was a cool moment and i was thinking what's what's gonna uh, what, what's there but the uh, the, the longer it, it it continued the more it became like a titanic type thing here it's like it's inevitable at a certain point he's something bad is going to happen and he's going to be evil and it was kind of sad for me to be honest with you um I, I totally agree with dennis on this i was literally the first scene where it was like uh you know the misdirect on who uh crease was uh, mainly because the guy who played the the uh, jock was actually Martin Cove's son, so it looks just like him. So I, heard. I don't know why they did that. Um, but the longer it went on, it would just yeah, it was it wasn't unnecessary, but it could have been a lot shorter. Yeah, uh, there was, and it was literally meant for you to be like, uh, at least for fans of the Karate Kid series, to be like, okay. I understand that it's him in the Vietnam War. Who was the one character who was supposed to be with him in the Vietnam War? And you're supposed to be like, oh, Terry Silver. The reason mm-hmm. like Terry Silver made it out of Vietnam is because of John Kreese. And then you see the guy with the ponytail and you're like, well, there's Terry Silver. And then the guy gets blown up and you're like, or he gets shot. And it's like, well, that's not Terry Silver. <laughs> Unless he somehow became the Walking Dead version of Terry Silver <laughs> and just his ponytail survived. So um, like... Yeah, the longer like that whole ending, and I knew it was gonna be a snake pit full of cobras because obviously, where does the cobra kai come from? You know, it was like it was super. It wasn't. It was super generic. Um, it wasn't the most clever thing that they did. You know. Yeah. Um, I, so it's I, just. I, I thought in the end, Harold. I thought in the end we did have Terry Silver though. Yeah, there's the other guy that survives is apparently Terry Silver. Yeah, and so maybe maybe he uh, dons the uh, the the um, ponytail in honor of the guy that yeah. died. I, I that's what I think. It, I honestly I think that's what happened. Is like <laughs> they joked about that guy being called a ponytail for so long that he was like, in remembrance of my buddy that died, and it, it was my fault. I'm gonna grow my hair out. <laughs> and then that's. I mean, uh, at least spoiler alert for anybody else. I think that's the person, obviously, who uh, John Kreese is talking to at the very end of the series. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. For me, honestly, the only backstory I ever needed or any kind of side story I needed from John Kreese was when he did that thing for Tori at her apartment. Yeah, like right. Doing, doing that establishes automatically who John Kreese really is. It's like not so much that he needs like like yeah he needs a student but at the same time he wants to make sure his students are doing okay because he could have just done it you know like hey man uh, be cool about things but the fact that he actually went into the whole physical threatening and you know 
attacking the guy pretty much and saying, leave her alone. She's, you know, a, a, she deserves more than better than this. That exactly show that shows exactly who John Kreese is really. So, well, I, I, Harold, the, that's the thing, though, that I, I wish that was the case. I, I mean, uh, is is that is that what we we think now? Um, because with if that's if that's who John Kreese is supposed to be, aside from introducing uh, Terry Silver, there was not that whole backstory wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? Like yeah, so. Um, so yeah, you're right. What do you think, uh, Lou? Um, you know, yeah, I, I think it was a little unnecessary because yeah, there was a lot of like, what's uh, what did Harold say? Like a lot of like uh, bait and switches. Of like, oh, that's John Kreese. Nope, it's not. And oh, that's Terry Silver. No, it's not. So, and and I get it. Like, you know, John Kreese is messed up, and you know that that's basically what made him a bad or not bad mentor per se. But like, you know, that's what it it it, it dictated his uh, personality uh, much later on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you guys on that one. I think the only thing I'm not with you guys on uh, on is I honestly thought it was kind of clever that the pit was full of cobras. <laughs> I looked at my I looked at my kids and my wife and I'm like, that's where Cobra Kai. Of came course, from. you thought that was clever. <laughs> <laughs> the I, two creative guys were like, I bet you this is gonna be full of Cobra. He's like, oh, I wonder that pit line things like over spikes. here. Maybe it's full of like rice. I don't know. They're in Vietnam. Who knows? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's cobras. Oh. So anyway, me and my twelve-year-old like had the same expression. So shut up, both of you. <laughs> like I, I honestly think that they used the back. They were trying to use the backstory to establish that uh, John Kreese was more like Daniel growing up than we think. Like we always, we always assume that he's pretty much the Johnny Lawrence, like you said, where we think he's the jock, but he was actually the you know the uh, the outcast, the person who had to turn to the military in order to get out of the the uh, rut of the life that he was living at the time. And uh, so you're supposed to believe that John Kreese is supposed to be some kind of, you know, amalgamation of the childhoods of both uh, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso. I mean, that's what I think they're trying to establish there. See, this is why you guys are the, cr- the creative ones, because I, I did not think of that idea at all. <laughs> Like, oh, it's both their lives. Damn it. Um, so yeah, actually, speaking of which, let, let's, let's uh, you know, speaking of Johnny and Daniel, let's talk about that little plot point. So uh, let me ask you guys, in season three, do we get any advancement? I think Harold already kind of alluded to it when we brought up Ali and their relationship. But uh, was there, a, what did we think of the relationship between Johnny and Daniel? Let's go, yeah, I mean, we, we, we'll put it in the post, obviously, but obviously this is full of spoilers. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think about Johnny Daniels' uh, uh, basically evolution of their relationship in this season? Um, yeah, I'll go first on this one. Uh, there was, you know, I, I like that one episode where they were at the Christmas party and Ali's parents were there and they were all reminiscing. It was, you know, one of those. I think it's uh, it's become a formula, I guess, for the series where they have at least one episode where both Johnny and Daniel are in the same room and they, you know, they, they, they're mad at each other, but at the end of the episode, they're like, we're more alike than we think. You know, in the first season they were driving around in that Mustang or whatever car that uh, Johnny was supposed to get. And then in the second season, they had that, uh, you know, nice night at the Mexican restaurant with, uh, with Miguel's mom. Uh, obviously in this one, it was a nice little Christmas party with uh, Ali playing the mediator or the third perspective. That was actually, uh, again, 
I'm going to say I liked it. It was clever. You two are probably going to be like, well, I saw that a mile coming. But I like that, you know, Ali did offer the third perspective. Like, for all of the bickering and fighting from the first two seasons and the original movie, obviously, you know, Johnny says this and Daniel says that. Ali's like, wait a second, there's a third perspective. Like, I was there too, you know. So I dug that a lot. And to be honest, I'm kind of, I love, I love seeing Elizabeth Shue. Um, I think we all saw the boys on Amazon. I loved her role there as, you know, the almost evil, you know, CEO of this uh, corporation. Seeing her in a much nicer light than this season was was very welcome. You know, she looks great for, uh, off, off the bat. I mean, let's be honest. Um, she looks great. Um, uh, and, and I'm actually kind of happy that, you know, season two ended with, you know, Johnny throwing his phone into the beach and, you know, Ali sending him a message. And, you know, uh, a lot of us, or at least I was thinking that she was going to be a big part of season three. And I was actually kind of happy that she didn't show up till like the last three seasons, uh, three episodes or two episodes. And, you know, she, she, yes, she was a big, you know, turning point of, uh, of the relationship and, uh, and the realizations, but I thought, you know, in this case, less was more. So, you know, the less of Ali we got, we actually, it made her appearance a lot more impactful. And I thought it was important to the story. So it was good for everybody to kind of more or less kind of get closure on all that stuff from season, uh, from the first movie and, uh, you know, the, 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 the next, the first few seasons of Cobra Kai. I thought it was pretty funny when she responded or when she said, wait, you guys both started dojos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From a realist, she's like the one human person is like, wait a second. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah. Um, you know what? Overall, like um, the cameos this season actually made like, I I don't like when they force feed cameos and they don't make sense. Um, Whereas so Goldberg in this coming one, back to Mighty Ducks, right? No, <laughs> no, no, because he need, he needs uh, help with his meth addiction, and Gordon Bombay is only can save him. Remember? <laughs> so, like with with this, it's like uh, you know you have um, obviously the backstory for these guys for thirty years and whatnot, and you're always hearing it from Daniel, and you're always hearing it from uh, Johnny. But like we said, hearing it from Ali's uh, uh, viewpoint, hearing from Kumiko. Uh, and actually seeing uh, how out of shape Chosun became, uh, it's like who knew that it was Daniel then, that was that was in better shape. Yeah, who 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 would have thought in that movie when Chosun has like no sleeves on his shirt, he's bleeding and sweating everywhere, and then like thirty years later he'd be the one that you know, uh, yeah, yeah. And to echo Ali, what Ali says. He opened the dojo too. <laughs> yeah, see, like, there's there's everybody over there, everybody but Kumiko. Like Kumiko, like opening up a dance studio. It's it it's why why does everybody have a a business now? <laughs> you know, it's what, none, none it's what you do when you grow up, Harold. It turns out I know. I know. <laughs> Apparently, the guys who tried to start their own dance group over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once we retire, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Um, uh, what do you call this? For me, it was um, the, the one weakest thing um, uh, in the whole trilogy so far, the three seasons. I have to say it's it's Daniel, and it's kind mm. of disappointing because uh, of all the people, uh, of all the characters, uh, Johnny Lawrence is the one that has grown the most. You know, he's been able to 
uh, kind of exercise the the demon, the sort of of uh, of of of, of crease of Cobra Kai uh, uh, and everything to the point where he has Eagle Fang now, um, uh, <laughs> which is which. By the way, I'm buying a shirt once it once, <laughs> once it comes out. But for Daniel is still stuck. You know, um, he's still stuck in the old traditions of of Mr. Miyagi. And yes, we love Mr. Miyagi. Yes, that's the that's the whole thing. But, you know, even Kimiko kind of you know, talked about how, you know, that 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 um, that Miyagi uh, saw the wisdom of Daniel, that that he, he recognizes who Daniel is supposed to be. And I don't think even until the end of season three, I still don't think that he's he's still living in the shadow of, of uh, Mr. Miyagi, you know, and I think that's, that, that uh, is the the weakest point. Um, I know we, we might talk about it later on, but um, I was hoping that the whole chosen um, and, uh, and Kimiko thing was going to kind of like get rid of it. Um, and it, that was going to be the moment where he finally realizes, you know, that, that there's something more that he has to become his own man. Um, not really. It was more of he was able to just find another lesson that he could teach Sam that Mr. Miyagi wanted him to know. You know, so he he's still this incomplete person. So and I think that's going to be the one weak point where. You know, in, in in the end of the season, you have um, Daniel and and uh, uh, and uh, and Johnny seemingly teaming up together. You ha- you need to have a stronger Daniel in order for this to actually work. At least, in my opinion. Have you ever se- have you seen that supercut? I I think I sent you guys the honest trailers, but there's a supercut of uh, Daniel saying Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Oh, I gotta see that, dude. <laughs> because like yeah. Dennis said, yeah, it's it's crazy how much he depends on that character to to, to define his character. Mm-hmm. Like I think Dennis is right where at this time it needs to stop being about Miyagi and it needs to be about mm-hmm. So it's like you can only Daniel do so many Doe? lessons that Yeah, Daniel Doe. <laughs> LaRusse Doe. <laughs> LaRusse Doe. <laughs> Me, I hate that you bring that up, by the way, guys, because, okay, you know, this is a topic for another episode, but yes, we all binge community. There was an episode in season six, which made me kind of laugh, but also take a back and realize that, you know, uh, Chang and Ali, or not Ali, freaking Allison Brie uh, do a stage for a production of Cobra of Karate Kid and the <laughs> director who was being colossal d-hole. Uh, you know, she uh, he, uh, Chang is being mistreated, and the guy, the director, came to the realization that, or not came to the realization, but you know, shared the fact that Karate Kid is not about Daniel San; it is about Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> so I'm like, it's true; it's about Mr. Miyagi. And that, that D hole is Jason Mantzoukas, man. That's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm trying, I, I've seen him in literally everything that Harold has recommended. For the exactly. Last- that guy in, in, in every show it's, it's I love, the common he's thread. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Jason Manzuka. He's in he's the a league. bag in all of those he's shows in too. Community. He's in Parks and Rec. He's in. He has a main character role, main semi main in The Good Place. The guy is classic. So and he's I'm, I haven't seen him, him yet, but I think he's in the league, which I'm I'm surprised you haven't. Oh, you said that. Sorry. <laughs> 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 so good. 
<laughs> Don't okay, mind so, yeah. it, it's his it's just computer audio. It's my computer, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um oh so okay, so so speaking about strength, uh just a couple more subplots and then we'll move on to like what we think is gonna happen in season four. So uh what did we so when season two ended, one of the big uh plots that was uh you know cliffhangers, I mean, was the fact that Miguel fell over freaking two stories and landed his back square on the metal railing of his school. And, you know, at the end of season three, he's, um, you know, he was comatose. And season three opens with what happens with Miguel and how does he get better from here and all that jazz. So what did we think of Miguel's, well, Miguel's uh, character um, arc, I guess, in season three? Um, I, I found it funny that they showed that, that fall in like different angles over and over and over again. And it was painful every single time. I was like, man, I feel bad for this guy. Um, uh, and again, you know, I like where his character is going, but he seemed like, at least for me, he seems so wishy-washy right now where it's like, Oh, it's Tori. Oh no, it's uh Sam. Oh, you know, it, it's like, um, uh, in general, I, I like Harold pointed out. I like the interaction between Johnny and um, and, and and the kid. Um, every single time, like they, you know, like every single like stupid um, attempt that the Johnny had, like oh, uh, you know, him like that speech where he was like, "You can do it," and then he gets up. Yes, Sensei, I'm gonna get up, and he falls and crashes. Those are the moments that I truly enjoyed um, between uh, those two, you know, um, and. Unlike Sam, who right now still doesn't have a character, you know, it's it's like yeah. the Larusos don't have any character or personality. It's it's the bad guys, quote unquote, that uh, that right now, like uh, that right now, are the ones that have been fully fleshed out and fully developed. Um, I I think Hawk has a better personality and <laughs> and, and better like um you know path than than Sam is, than Sam has. So I'm really happy where Miguel is right now. Yeah, um, I think my own. I really did like that too. I mean, the fact that yeah, you know, Miguel was able to recuperate with some motivation and all that good stuff. My only, you know, some of the listeners know and you two know that New Year's Day was not the best for me and my back. So seeing that whole thing <laughs> unravel hit a little too close to home. I was so mad because I'm like, wait, so do I need to go to like a boys? The men concert and start tapping my toes to be able to like I'm healed again. I, I think so, dude. <laughs> I or, didn't have to go all the way, you know, an hour away to see my my, my brother to take care of my back. I could have just saved myself the time and just you guys could have like hung a Playboy from like the second floor and I could have like gotten up from that. I guess. <laughs> and I mean, look, we, we do that for you. That's that's how much of a bro uh, Harold is, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've done. I, I I would take you to a Twisted Sister con a concert, just say so the fact that you would know only two of his songs, maybe. <laughs> I was gonna say two, dude. Was like, I was so mad because, like, yeah, you know, uh, as you've already said, a hole. I was not here in the eighties. So when they said the hole, sorry. So when they said the Snyder, I'm like, that's Twisted Sister, right? I had to Google it because I had no idea. <laughs> My wife was like, yes, that's Twisted Sister. I'm like, oh, okay. Yay, now I get the reference. <laughs> H, what did you think about Miguel's uh, little subplot, I guess? I really think that those that's the storyline that they needed to focus on more. 
um, like the Johnny storyline and Miguel storyline. And then when they converge being the whole, because that's the one relationship that makes the show worthwhile. Every other relationship in this show besides that is, it's like they didn't even think about it. It's, it's like not even secondary. It's like quadruciary. Quadruci? <laughs> or quadruci? Quadruci. Yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, him being, it, it's just like Dennis said, the uh, uh, development of the Johnny Lawrence character going from someone who d- apparently doesn't care about anything but himself to being pretty much a father figure for Miguel and then having to do everything with him. And then other people seeing that relationship and either being angry about it or being jealous about it, where you have the people who are saying, oh, you're being a traitor by staying with Johnny Lawrence and saying, oh, you're abandoning Cobra Kai. And it's like, Cobra Kai was never the reason that Miguel uh, stuck around to do anything. It was always about, you know, uh, getting the help from his sensei and being his number one student. And, uh, you know, like you said, like I said, earning a father figure in in the way there. And then you have, you know, Johnny's relationship. And I still think it's the one that they really need to work on more than more than the Sam character. They need to fix the Robbie character because uh, Robbie jump sides more than someone at a double dutch co- uh, tournament. <laughs> like the dude, like I don't, I don't understand what his motives are anymore. And his mom is Diora Baird, who's like one of the hottest women of the two thousands, or pretty much of all time. And they make her like super homely, which is you know, congrats to them for doing that. But great it's, costuming, it's not, <laughs> yeah, and lack of makeup, even though she's beautiful. With it. But like still. You have Robbie, who it's like, uh, well, I guess he's on the run, and he would be here, but now he's not here anymore. And then, oh, you know, both Daniel and Johnny care for him like a father. Or, yeah, you don't. You get, yet, yeah. yet they both throw him away every single opportunity they have. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah, and you just feel bad for Robbie most of the time, but the, like, you're 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 just lost in his whole like starting off as a pretty much a bad person and do bad things and then him turning around and then all of a sudden uh he's like a like a normal uh straight edged guy for a whole season and then bam he's just back to being evil and uh, i don't know that's yeah. what that's that's what a couple of weeks in juvie does to you i guess dude <laughs> but the highlight of this like the highlight of them chasing after robbie was the fact that when they did that garage fight uh, with all those thugs that came out of nowhere, because you know that's how many people hang out in, in garages nowadays, is the fact that uh, Johnny and Daniel were able to do the total elimination to one guy. Uh, <laughs> which, if you guys don't know, like if our audience doesn't know what total elimination is, it's a finisher uh, from the Eliminators back in ECW. One did a high uh, roundhouse, oh, and the uh, other person did a low sweep at the same time. So you, the guy just fell. <laughs> And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, total elimination!" <laughs> no, um, uh, the highlight for me for that that scene was uh, they're like, "Oh, Robbie was." Uh, I think Robbie was uh, is like hang out in in like Panorama City, <laughs> and I'm like, um, "Where in Panorama Panorama City in this place? Where is this wooded area that I don't know of?" <laughs> uh, don't you know that's the hidden part of Chase Park? <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to Harold. <laughs> Yeah, because what people don't understand is like we talked we talked about this in the previous review of the show is the fact that the show is supposed to be based 
in the valley where all three of us live currently and most of us have been raised and when they do things like you know mention robbie's from north hills which is where a couple of us live or like they say <laughs> watch out harold uh, murders everywhere <laughs> oh that's true but like yeah, fighting murders, everywhere. <laughs> murders gangs who are fighting in the backs of uh churches apparently and then <laughs> when they said oh he's in panorama city and they were like in a train station I was like, well, there's a there's a train station in Van Nuys, but I ain't never seen no trees. Yeah. Is, is <laughs> that the plants? That's not the plants. <laughs> there's plants, but that's not the plant. Like, I've never seen so much green in any part of the valley in my life. And I've been here, oh, my whole life. So <laughs> wait, don't, like, at least for us, don't try to fake the funk with the valley kids because we know exactly. Like, uh, we're proud of the whole original karate kid because we can be like dude i know where that is that's yeah. near our school we can go look, there i mean look, it, look robbie was hanging out with a lot of homeless people just go down nordoff and sapoda and you you're you know and uh, a parthena and sapoda and you're gonna find them there dude uh, like you, you go there and you you find the um the the uh, you, you find you just go under the underpass robbie's there and he's hanging out with a couple of people turns out Tent cities I was I was actually a little upset too that one scene where they speaking of locations when they're like, This is the all valley gym. I was like, that's not CSUN. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> and you know, not not to be local government guy, but when they was like, We're gonna go to the city hall meeting. Well, technically the valley's not its own city, guys. <laughs> this meeting should be happening in downtown LA. <laughs> Hey, what if they did, you know? That's your right. Dude. Yeah. Like- the cities have their own. I, I keep getting invites from the uh, Chatsworth City Council to attend their meetings. I don't know why Chatsworth. I was going to say, I mean, are you sure it's not just like the, uh, I don't know. The, the, yeah. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> the Chatsworth branch of, uh, of local strippers or whatever, dude. <laughs> Ooh, awkward. I mean, I, how do they have... How have they gone three seasons about a show in the valley and not mentioned once that fact that pornography is made literally on every corner? <laughs> I know. It's like, Maybe that's going to be like one of Robbie's mom's subplots in season four. Oh, geez. Don't, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Deora Baird was in Star Trek for two seconds. <laughs> she is Captain Kirk's mom. <laughs> You know, like Miguel's going through some old VHS tapes. Like Robbie, is that your mom? <laughs> That's why he got messed up, dude. <laughs> well, Robbie, Robbie was selling a lot of laptops, right? So, like, maybe he's seen some <laughs> oh, stuff. Good. All right, so um, I, I guess we can wrap it up there, dude, because I think we cut, we covered a lot, and we're you know I, I don't want to eat up too much more time. But um, so what do we think is going to happen in season four? Because I. Uh, I think we're gonna uh, get- Lewis, before you go, there's yeah. there's one thing that we have to mention though, dude. Please go ahead. Um, what did you think of the uh, the hawk moment, dude? Oh, uh, when 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 Hawk, uh, yeah, when he saved Dimitri, I gotta say, I kind of loved it, dude. I kind of loved it. Uh, again, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like uh, he, like, like oh, I'm sorry, I already forgot who who mentioned it, but yeah, Hawk of all of the. Of all of, of all the youths, of all the young uh, actors in this uh, cast, I think he actually had the most 
character progression. I mean, obviously Miguel had the most physical progression from freaking comatose to to uh, kicking uh, kicking butt again. But Hawk had the most character progression of this whole season. So uh, I really love that moment and how you know friendship mattered and. You know, the, uh, once again, the power of friendship overcame, you know, his greed and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I was really, really happy with that moment, dude. Like, uh, our, our little living room of four, you know, my two kids and my wife and I were, like, kind of hyped. It was the one few times that we actually pumped our hands, our fists in the air and, like, yeah, Hawk, you do you. So, yeah, pretty happy for him. It, it was funny because, I mean, that you know, like, we, I, I kind of hinted at the beginning where this season they had a lot of dark moments, you know, and none darker than when uh, when Dimitri's um, arm got broken by, oh gosh, by, yes. by Hawk, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know, it, it seemed like it seemed like the whole them becoming like tougher, um, you know, Tori like stalking, basically stalking, um, uh, you know, Sam and uh, being like, uh, like in fear of the whole thing. But it, like leading to that moment, I turned to my wife as like, Oh, it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. Hawk is going to turn. And then when he did it, I, I was like, the only thing they they needed was like the eagle screech. You know, <laughs> if they had an eagle screech, it would have been perfect. I would have like just collapsed in, in, in a heap on the side. Just like, you know, <laughs> just just like spasming at that point. Like, I, I honestly, for me, that uh, the one episode where um, Kyler came back and, you know, he joined uh, Cobra Kai and everything. And the football player got the living hell beat out of oh, him yeah. by Hawk. That was probably the most disturbing moment of the whole show. Um, and him breaking Dimitri's arm within a couple of episodes. That for me, I like them. I like the moment, but I thought the moment turned too fast. Like it's literally the episode before where he's like, "Maybe we shouldn't steal this snake," and then all of a sudden, the next episode, he's like, "No, I'm back on the other." side because he's my boy like i mean how i know that he hesitated about breaking the arm and that was supposed to be the moment where you're like maybe there's still hope for hawk left and uh but you know going through with it and then um you know if it had been one of those things where like remember when like and this is like throwing back to the original karate kid like when bobby kicked uh uh daniel's leg out he apologized immediately like you know that would have been a great callback moment if he had after he had broken Dimitri's arm, he'd been like, "I'm so sorry, you know, I didn't mean for it to go this far." Um, and he, obviously, he's not going to be like, oh, "We're still friends, right?" You know that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, like I, I think I had mentioned before, where I liked the turn, but I just wish that the turn had burned a little slower, gotcha. like, not so, you know, um, so quickly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the last part for me, Lou. Nice, dude. So yeah, well, uh, looking forward to season four. Yes, no. I honestly don't know how they're going to do this because it's like, uh, it, like uh, at the very end, it was the end game moment where you, you know it, it was like yeah, to your left a moment where everybody's gathered already. Um, uh, you, you have, um, you know, you have Larusso, you have um, Johnny there. Um, his, their army is ready. How is it gonna? How how is that season gonna go? Because I think if all of a sudden the first episode is gonna be them working together and then them fighting again, and then the next couple of episodes they're going to be bickering at each other. Um, it, 
I think I, I don't know if, how I'm hoping that they're good enough to be able to to uh, to lead to make us to make us enjoy that. But it just seems like it, we're we're leading to the same old same old situation, mm-hmm. and I, and that's the one thing I'm worried about. I can't wait to see a, the final the final battle. I'm guessing uh, this uh, this might be the final season of the uh, the series because how how where else do you go after? Yeah after the battle you know um but uh looking forward looking forward to it but at the same time hesitant because of the fear of that they're just gonna go back to the same old trope again yeah um i kind of agree with you there dude like uh i, I think one of you guys already brought up the fact that they've uh they, they pulled out a lot of cameos in the first few seasons of cobra kind of uh, to be perfectly honest i guess besides terry silver um, they've kind of, you know, uh, emptied out that well. So, you know, hopefully uh, more character progression. Um, obviously, it's leading towards a big confrontation at the All-Valley tournament or whatnot. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hopefully with Netflix's uh, budget behind it, you know, the the the, cap, the, sorry, the the quality still stays what it is. And, you know, we get something that we still enjoy. Uh, Lou, there's uh, still one more cameo, dude. Who's that? Um, the next Karate Kid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're right. Yeah, That's... Jaden Smith. Oh no! <laughs> Jackie Chan. Um, yeah. for me, honestly, I this is how I think it's gonna end: is they're gonna like Dennis said, they're gonna bicker, they're gonna uh, uh, you know, it is a shared space, but you know, trying to do hold two hold two classes at the same time, it's gonna be a lot of um you know both sensei saying oh why are you doing it this way when it should be doing this way they're gonna somehow merge their two styles they're gonna create a whole new style um and whoever wins the tournament they are going to be the owners of the cobra kai name because the show is called cobra kai yeah i think it's at and uh, like right now it seems not it really does seem like it's a waste of the name being cobra kai when it's not being held by, I mean, I mean, not really much of a waste, but it's like thrown to the side because of the fact that it's now back to John Kreese, Cobra Kai, and then now it's going to be corporately backed by Terry Silver again. So he's going to dump toxic waste. That guy <laughs> Snake's going to show up out of nowhere. Uh, he and uh, Sean Cannon, uh, bad boy Mike Barnes is going to come in, <laughs> fat and out of shape. Uh, you know. He's gonna have Terry Silver trying to have him break boards, but uh, boards hit back now because you know uh, they're in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Are, my question is: Are they gonna have uh, the girl with the uh, with uh, the um, the what do you call this? The the vase maker or the uh, the cup maker? Uh, I don't even remember her name. I just exactly later. Robin Lively because she's Blake Lively's sister and she's the teen witch. Um, oh well, there you wow. go. <laughs> yeah, nice. but she was, and she's not even a, a character because she already had a boyfriend. That was the worst. Yeah, she, she wasn't a even a love talk. interest per se. Not that, not that I'm a sucker for cliches or tropes, but I'm like, yeah, she wasn't even. She was just a friend. Anyway. All right, so I guess that that wraps it up for 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 uh, season three of Cobra Kai. Uh, not sure yet when season four is going to drop, but it sounds like it is happening. So more power to you know William Zabka and all the whole crew for getting another hit on their hands. 
Um, speaking of hit, um, then I don't know how we're doing on time, but I think we we, we did talk about maybe maybe covering one division. Uh, uh, yeah, ma- maybe we do this next week. Then let's let's okay, save you got it, dude. Deep dive into the uh, by the time we we get to next week, deep dive into episodes um, three, four, five, um, which definitely um, you know episode four really uh, took up took it up a notch and made it really more exciting. So something to look forward to next week then. Sounds good, dude. Sounds good. Okay, well, I hope everybody here enjoyed our episode. Um, you know, as usual, we 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 start throwing around the names and uh, what we do. Um, I always talk about the two fanboys one pod. The two fanboys one casual.podbean.com where we have all our old episodes and of course on Facebook you can find us two fanboys and a filthy casual every time the podcast goes live we'll be posting it there. Um, not to mention all the other fun news, memes, jokes, and all that stuff floating around the internet. We'll be posting it there. Um, join our uh, pretty active Facebook group as well, where if you are part of that group, you're uh, welcome to post your uh, fun articles, jokes, and all the other stuff that's going around there in the internet uh, as well. And then on Instagram, Twitter, two fanboys, one casual. And as usual, anywhere you find your regular podcasts, we are there as well. Well, that's it for us today. Um, as usual, this is Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. Um, as you know, LA County is going to be opening up. So Harold's favorite st- store, uh, shops are, or, and stores are open and businesses. So uh, later on, Harold's going to be able to wax on and wax off somewhere. That's it for us today. This is Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. This is Dennis. This is Liz. I have no answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. Laters.